Welcome to More Than A Few Words, a marketing conversation for business owners. MTFW is a production of Round Peg, where we believe that marketing strategy should be delivered in plain English. This is Lorraine Ball. And Allison Carter. And this week, we're going to talk about decisions. Decisions? Decisions. It is one of the core elements of successful business ownership is make, being able to make good decisions. Well, I mean, that sounds pretty simple, doesn't it? You know, it um, on the surface it is, but when you realize that your entire financial future might be at stake, that everything that you have built with your business could be on the line with every decision, sometimes that can be a little bit overwhelming. And so business owners have a variety of coping techniques. Some work better than others. Yeah, I mean, I imagine if you were always thinking that, you know, your every decision could have a profound financial impact on your future, I would personally spend most of my days in the fetal position. (laughs) Which is why, at least for right now, you're not a business owner. Yeah, you just don't get a whole lot done when you're curled up on your side sobbing. I think, though, um, you know, as a business owner, you, you learn to take some things in stride. You learn to size things up and, and make a lot of decisions on the fly. But for some of the bigger decisions, I think there are a few things that happen. One is sometimes you go and uh, start asking advice from others. Hmm, how does that work? You know, sometimes not really good. Um, Sometimes I think you get really good advice, but a lot of times you've asked someone's opinion and then you get the answer and you don't really like it. Well, I think that then the next step is to kind of unpack why you don't like it. Or is the person just an idiot? Always possible. Do they not know what they're talking about in this particular area? Possible. Or is there, maybe it hits a little too close to home. Absolutely. Before I take on the hitting too close to home point, let me go back to the other one where you say that maybe they didn't have enough information or they didn't know enough to give you good advice. I think that's one of the mistakes that business owners make is they ask people for advice, but they don't give them the whole story. Oh, yeah. People always leave out like the most important part of what they're asking about. And then all of a sudden you're giving them advice. And then they come back and they're like, oh, well, but, but you didn't know about this. And you didn't know about this. Then why did you ask me without telling me those things? You're just wasting everybody's time. And so I think that um, it is good to have sounding boards. It is um, important to be asking the right people, um, people who have either some expertise that you don't have mm-hmm. or um, a perspective that you don't have. And... Um, they have to have all the facts. Mm-hmm. But let's go to that other one, that, that hitting a little too close to home. I mean, is there really anything worse than when you can tell someone's really got your number and the advice is just something you know in your heart of hearts you should be doing, but it either comes across, it either means you've been doing something wrong or you have to do something you don't want to do. It can be really unpleasant. And um, that never happens here. I don't know why you're looking at me quite so pointedly, boss. Uh, In case, well, since none of you have the visual that I have, as I mentioned the never having here, Allison did raise one of her eyebrows, (laughs) a move that she is quite famous for, hinting at just a bit of sarcasm. Um, You know, one of the things with hiring um, 
uh, employees at any age, um, but particularly when you bring on smart young professionals, they're going to see things differently. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes they won't have the whole picture. They won't understand why you're doing something, but as is often the case here, they clearly do, and they sometimes see it better than you do. There are times when I've, I've gotten into a fa we've gotten into fairly heated arguments. I'm like, no, there's no reason for you to be doing it that when you're like, well, actually, there's this whole big reason that you just didn't know about. And I'm like, well, you just wasted a bunch of time with this, didn't you? Absolutely, but you know, some of that comes from me having done this so much longer. Yes. But it, and 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 it's okay to drop back as a business owner to the okay, you don't have the big picture. Mm -hmm. But the other side of it, um, getting comfortable with the idea that somebody with lots less experience than you is going to see things, chinks in your armor, and holes in your arguments. Mm -hmm. And that is, it never makes me happy initially. <laughs> um, <sighs> fortunately, though, um, I'm smart enough to listen because... Uh, I don't think we'd be in business if I wasn't willing to listen to other people who saw things that I didn't see in the business. And I think that's an important lesson to take away. Being surrounded by yes men is one of the most dangerous things that can happen to any business person. You need someone who's constantly going to be challenging you, who's willing to play devil's advocate. And I think that... I find it really fascinating. There's this whole movement these days towards haters going to hate, and you know, if someone says they don't like your idea, it's just because they want to see you fail. No, sometimes people are simply challenging you. Go back, think through this. Is this the best way of doing things? Bringing up valid criticism and offering a new way of doing it isn't the same as shooting down a whole idea. It's actually wanting to refine that idea and make it better. And I think there, um, there are ways to raise issues. Mm -hmm. If you see an idea that is not, that you don't think is fully baked, instead of the classic, that won't work, we've mm -hmm. tried that before, even the one that, you know, occasionally you hit me with, we, we've, we've done that kind of marketing to that market two or three times, <laughs> it's never worked. Yeah, I got that. What I want to talk about is, it's never worked in the past, what can we do differently this time? Mm -hmm. And so, kind of learning to have um, a gloves-off mm -hmm. but respectful dialogue to really get to the very best solution. My favorite as a professional devil's advocate is simply asking, why? Why do you want to do that? Um, what's the possible outcome? What are you hoping to achieve by doing that? Because in a lot of cases, not just you, but people in the world have not really thought that far. Like, I've got a great idea, you know, we should have hamsters with pogo sticks for legs. And, you know, that is definitely an idea, but why does one need a... Actually, I would totally buy a hamster with pogo sticks. <laughs> See, that, that was a good idea. I answered my own question. No, but I, I think... I think that there is this sort of... On a lot of new business ideas or, or ideas for marketing, especially in small businesses, there's kind of this warm, fuzzy, half-baked idea, mm -hmm. and the why, how are you going to do that, how will that really help, will that help more than these other activities, those kind of questions really help to kind of refine and narrow it down. Um, but I think there's the other side of it, and this is um, whether 
you are running a sole proprietorship or a huge organization. I mean, I, I had to employ these tactics even, you know, when I was in large companies is sometimes nobody else can really give you the answer. Mm -mm. And sometimes you just have to trust your gut. I think that is a big thing. No one loves more than me sitting down and doing, you know, here are the benefits, here are the potential drawbacks, you know, making lists, trying to weigh everything out. But at the end of the day, no decision is a mathematical equation. You can't boil it down to two simple numbers, one's greater than the other, so that's what I should do. You've got to sometimes go on instinct. And um, we had an interesting conversation, and I don't even remember what we were talking about, but I remember you saying to me, you know, how do you feel about this? And, and mm -hmm. I'm like, well... And you said, it was there ever a time that you said, well, as opposed to, I'm really excited that it didn't end badly. And I think the eternal optimist in all of us wants to think, <laughs> this time it's going to be different. Oh, Ross, there is not an eternal optimist in all of us. Let's just get <laughs> Yes, again, um, a little insider humor. Um, I, uh, I am usually confident that I can fill any glass, and Allison is usually pretty sure there's a hole at the bottom somewhere. <laughs> um, so the, so the, um, the eternal optimist uh, business owner who um, believes that they can make it work, believes that it'll be different or better this time, um, We'll try to take that nagging gut feeling and pound the crap out of it till it goes away. And the eternal, I don't like the word pessimist, so I'm going to go with realist. That's, that's my preferred term. <laughs> yeah, I know. Us optimists like the term realist, too. There are pessimists and realists. <laughs> <laughs> At any rate, as a realist, you kind of have to fight the ultimate, the opposite impulse. Because rather than always the optimist wants to say, well, it could work, it could work, it could work, the, the pessimist is always saying, it won't work, it can't work, here's the million reasons it can't work. But you've got to trust that gut feeling that says, no, you know, this time, with these factors in place, with these differences, it really could work. Because otherwise you're just going to stay stuck in the mud forever. Mm -hmm. And I think that, um, you know, in business there are no sure things. No. There's, there's no guarantee. Um, best you can hope for is stacking the deck one way or the other. If you told me in the late 90s that Apple was going to be the most profitable company in the world, I think most people would have laughed in your face. Mm -hmm. Then the iPod came out. Mm -hmm. And many companies have had exactly the opposite. Um, telegram companies, you know? People thought they would be there forever, but if they didn't adapt, they died. Faxes. Faxes, yes. Um... Uh, what is it, the, the carbon paper? Yeah. Mimeograph? I mean, there are lots of examples. If, you know, a company can save itself with one daring idea, or it can bomb itself with one daring idea. You just don't know. Baking soda reinvented. Arm & Hammer reinvented mm -hmm. their company. Um, and suddenly today they're in the cleaning products category. This was not what this product was originally conceived for. Mm -hmm. So being able to pivot and having the confidence mm -hmm. and, and enough information to to feel comfortable. I mean, J.C. Penney tried to pivot, too. Yeah, no. 
They pivoted kind of into a hole. Yeah, yeah, and then we've already beat yeah, those. Yeah, go check yeah. out that other po- J.C. Petty podcast. That was a few weeks ago, but yeah, I think that, um, and, and you know what the truth is? I'm guessing there were a lot of people in that boardroom at J.C. Penny when they were talking about the new stores and the new marketing that either in their heart of hearts were going, oh my God, this is a bad idea, mm-hmm. but they were afraid to speak up because they were in yes man mode, mm-hmm. or um, they were perceived as being haters of anything new. It, ultimately, it's all about the happy medium. You need to be able to look rationally at data and make the best and most logical inference based on the information you have available to you. And sometimes you'll be wrong. Mm-hmm. I think you have to also surround yourself with smart people. Um, my very first business plan, when I wrote the first business plan for Roundpeg, I sent it to um, three or four people. I sent it to my brother, who is the very best salesman I know. I gave it to my husband, who is just a detail. I don't want to say, he would say he's a realist, um, but if there is a microscopic reason why something won't work, he'll put that on the list of things to consider. Mm-hmm. Um, I sent it to my friend Dick, who is an astronomer and a physicist and the smartest person I know, even though he wasn't in marketing or business. And all of those people came back reading exactly the same document mm-hmm. with very different feedback and very different ideas. And it really helped set the company on a good path. Um, today I, I have my employees who um, know what they do better than anyone and I trust their input um, in areas related not just to their job but to the business in general. Mm-hmm. But I also have a group of peers who run companies like mine. And that's, I think, really important for business owners. You've got to be with people who can help you get to the, biggest, to the best decisions, but you always have to remember if you're a business owner, or if you're an executive, the buck stops with you. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I can't, you know what, if I make a decision based on input from somebody in my mastermind group and it doesn't work, they aren't going to take the fall for mm-hmm. it. But the advantage to having that network of people who kind of live where you live is you don't have to remember all the little pieces of information because they already know. Mm-hmm. Last thoughts on decision-making. You know, it's always got to be a very delicate balance kind of between your head and your gut. Don't let either one of them get too far out of whack because you'll have problems. Good thoughts. If you have enjoyed today's conversation and you'd like to hear more of our podcasts on marketing, business ownership, strategy, social media, content marketing, be sure to check out morethanafewwords.com and... If you'd like to have Allison or I or both of us work with your organization, drop us a note either through More Than A Few Words or at roundpeg.biz. This has been another episode of More Than A Few Words. Thanks for listening.